Good afternoon to you. It is uh, Friday, February 10th at 4.10 p.m. Uh, many of you are already mailing it in. I, I'm sure that it's Friday afternoon. Um, so I thought I'd do a quick cast to feed that to uh, help you not work with just an hour left or a little under an hour left of the work week. I'm just kidding. That's not why I'm doing it. But I did think maybe, maybe, you'd, maybe you'd nibble a little bit. Who knows? Uh, before I get into what I'm going to talk about, I've got two things to talk about. Let me thank our sponsors. Thanks to Martin Vintage. Head to martinvintage.com right now. Grab a t-shirt virtually or a sweatshirt. Then enter boiled at checkout. Then check out. You'll get 15% off your purchase. That's pretty good. And next time you're on campus, head over to AJ's, AJ's on Vine, eataj's.com. Uh, order ahead. Get some uh, some funnel cake sticks. You can get the delicious, scrumptious fried pretzel appetizer. Dip it in some amazingly healthy sauces. Yum, yum, yum. I, I, that's, that's a good one. Uh, you can also have the mac and cheese bites, which I, I like. Grab a burger. Burgers, beer, beef. That's AJ's. Head over there. So, happy Friday to you guys. I believe uh, Nathan Anderson says happy Friday to me. Chad Austin says hi chad i appreciate you tuning in i like i said i referenced you last night in the post game you are not the same chad austin that played purdue i assume i can't even see the the on my screen i've, I've got a massive screen in front of me, massive monitor it's 32 inches um but i still can't see your whatever uh i did i did reference you yes Yes, sir. Um, so I want to talk about two things. First one, there's a funny thing going about. Uh, about There's a funny thing going around on Twitter that's saying, well, there's the blueprint to beat Purdue. You've seen it now. Just press them. It's that simple. Just press them. And there's some good comebacks. There was a good comeback in our comments yesterday. Somebody said, remember, Iowa practices the press a lot. This is what they do. And they do. And when they're down by a lot, they're desperate and they press more. They have guys that are trained to to press and the press is not a common defense used in college basketball right now since it's such an offensive centric game outside of the big 10 but let's look at this is that the blueprint have they figured out have they cracked the code of these purdue boilermakers with this blueprint they lost by 14 and they could have lost by a lot more i mean if you want to do that i keep saying press purdue please press purdue if you want to do that Choose your poison. That's going to be bad. Because what it does for your team is it puts your team out of position under the basket. There's where Purdue's strength of their game really is. And, again, if you want to do this, Braden Smith is a pretty good ball handler. He's got tremendous vision. There are a couple dishes he, he dealt out last night that were just incredible. One of them was to Fletcher Lawyer. He drove... And he found him. It looked like, how the heck did he see him? But he knew exactly what he was doing. If you watch the post-game comments, which I did after I posted the, uh, my, my thoughts on the game. Uh, Caleb first told you a little bit about, uh, he knows, he knows Braden Smith has a little bit of a tell when he's about to pass to you. He's pretty good at hiding it, though. So, um, so that's the big thing. If you think that was the formula to beat Purdue, a couple key points matter. First one. Uh, they didn't beat Purdue. That's probably the biggest one. I, if I'm going to say the biggest 
problem that Purdue has. If you want to know the formula for beating Purdue, in my opinion, it's have really long athletic guards. Not just one, but multiple that play in a very good defensive system. So if you want to look at the teams that I'm going to worry about as we keep heading down, we're, we're officially on the home stretch, I would say. These final six games, and then into the Big Ten tournament, and then finally in the NCAA tournament. What's the formula that, I, that bothers me? I Remember I said I don't want to worry. I don't want to say scared because we have real things in real life to be worried about and be fearful of. But the things that bother me are teams that have long athletic guards. When I say long, I mean long-armed, long-legged, guys that can move laterally very quickly and that play well in a system. That has created problems for Purdue this season. That said... I don't think there's anything to worry about at all. From a fan standpoint, let's enjoy this damn thing. And that leads me to what I wanted to talk about. The bigger thing I wanted to talk about today. Is Matt Painter wired? Does he have the stuff to be a national championship type coach? And I, early in the season, I have told you, you know, I, on one hand, I'll say, hey, enjoy the ride. And then the next hand, I'm saying, does Matt Painter have the stuff to take Purdue to a national championship? Those two things are contradictory a little bit. But I want to do it because uh, just give you some things to chew on, show you some precedent that's out there. Because for me, I said, okay, first, not a ton of coaches stay at a place for nearly 20 years, 15 to 20 years. There just aren't a lot of them in college basketball. And those that do, uh, a lot of times they're kind of uh, typecast. They just do what they do. They kind of plug away their Everybody's happy with them being there. Maybe they're not championship-type guys. But there's another type of coach that's a, a you know young, hard charger that, that can rip through a Final Four because he's playing with uh, a different style. And then there are certain guys that um, get dealt the proper hand that they are, they are put in a system underneath a coaching regime that they are heirs apparent to, a, to an amazing program. Painter is a little bit of his own man here. He's, in, he's a bit of a throwback. And Purdue is pretty damn blessed to have two coaches in a row that have given great stability to a program, given great identity and culture to this program. But it, if you want to look ahead to the tournament, is there reason to believe that Matt Painter could possibly be a Final Four coach or a championship coach? Well, number one, I, I, I've been watching a little bit of um, on, on YouTube. Uh, that's the way I watch my podcast. I've been watching uh, things today, and there are a lot of coaches reiterating the idea that I said yesterday that Painter is one of the best coaches in America. Uh, the field of 68, they call him a top five coach in America. Not top four, because final four is only four teams. So maybe they're saying he's just out. Um, I, I think a top three to top five coach is where I put Matt Painter. He's one of the best coaches in America. Anish is funny. When he goes into this analytical stuff, he'll say something that sounds so outlandish. Like he'll say, oh, Purdue's a top 20 basketball program. He used to say that all the time. A couple of years ago. Now, obviously, maybe the, the program is a little bit better than top 20 because multiple seasons where you're voted into number one position tends to elevate the brand a bit. Brew is getting consistent talent. Guys are going to be landed in the NBA. Multiple guys are going to be landed in the NBA um, in just a couple-year period. Regardless of what happens, eventually Zach Eady will get paid in the NBA. Regardless, if he wants to stay there or if he finds his fit, whatever, I don't know that. I'm not an NBA expert. I don't claim to be that. But the whole point is, they're elevating. The, the program was in a good place, and it's elevating even higher. But is Matt Painter a Final Four type guy? So let's look at some. Let's look at a couple key points. First off, this is uh, Painter's 18th year at Purdue. Uh, he's 52 years old. 
He's a four-time Big Ten Coach of the Year and the one and a one-time NABC uh, National Coach of the Year. Pretty good stuff, right there. Stop right there. Pretty good stuff. He's won a lot of games. He um, his his motion offense, his sets, um, and the the way he's adapted scares the pants off a lot of other coaches. The way he's changed, the way he does things, uh, appointing offensive defensive coordinator. He did that probably what five seven years ago. It's been very effective. He's also shown the ability to adapt to his talent, depending upon who is there. You're going to see this change again next year when Purdue's big men aren't quite as big as Zach Eady. If he decides to go to the pros, you'll see a different look Purdue because you'll have TKR, who will be the the primary starter uh, at center at the five, whatever you want to call him. Or if it's a, maybe you call him a, a power forward and Purdue plays three guards and, and two forwards. I don't know. And then off the bench, Wilberg will come in, and Wilberg's going to wreck some people. And it's not because he's going to do it like Edie. He's going to do it in different ways. He's going to stretch out defenses. He's going to shoot. Um, he's Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, Brandon Brantley, Coach Brantley has not forgotten how to develop big men and being guys that bang on the glass. But offensively, he will stretch teams. And you may see the biggest lineup we've ever seen at Purdue, meaning uh, a 6'10", a 6'10", and a 7'2". That, that is a massive possibility of a lineup because he is so mobile. And then you'll have first and Kaufman Ren in there. And then maybe Lawyer and um, and Smith. I, I see that as a very good possibility of a lineup at times. But anyway, so um, that's a, I just went into a lot of things talking about just what's, what's Purdue going to be next year because Matt Painter changes his system. 18-year guy, okay? So has an 18-year guy at one school – won a national championship, gotten to a Final Four. There are many that have gotten a Final Four, but the guy that came that, that Anish and um, I think Anish and Michael came up with, but Anish came up with right away, he talked about the Jay Wright model. Jay Wright business model is a pretty good one, okay? Jay Wright, though, is not quite there. He's not quite there. It took Jay Wright 15 years at Villanova to get his first national championship. 15 years. They both are, uh, well, back when Painter wore suits, they were both snazzy dressers. Painter is not much of a snazzy dresser anymore. But Jay Wright uh, always, to me, looked like uh, the mob boss that you really respect and you didn't want to cross. Uh, boy, looked good in the pinstripes. Um, won his, he won two national championships before his retirement, which I still don't think will stick. He's only, uh, he was 53 years old in 2016 when they won that first national championship. Um, 15 years into his time at Villanova. His first Final Four, though. So this is where it starts to differ. He starts parting ways with Painter right here. His first Final Four was in 2009, okay? So um, that's, a, that's a pretty big difference. So he got into the Final Four, um, what, year seven? I think that's right. He's six-time uh, Big East Coach of the Year, two-time National Coach of the Year. And what you saw, Jay Wright, after they won that national title, they turned around, they won another one two years later, okay? Um, pretty, uh, pretty good stuff there, though. But he's a, he's a coach that was in one place, and he was there a while. Second guy, I think, is a better comparison. Many of you guys have probably already thought about this. Of course, is Scott Drew. Scott Drew, uh, 18 years uh, down at Baylor before winning a national championship, and uh, he won it in 2021. His team won it in 2021. Different makeup of a team. That team was hyper-athletic, extremely defensive-minded, if I remember correctly. Scott Drew has only won the, uh, the Coach of the Year uh, award three times uh, for, for the Big 12. Um, so he's mincemeat compared to the other two. I'm kidding. Um, but he was only 50 years old, so a little bit younger, just a shade younger than Matt Painter. But it took him quite a while. So let's, let's – do you think it's relatively or reasonable – 
to say Painter is in this same mold and can make it happen. Sure, why couldn't he? I mean, that's my whole point. When I look at this, you always look, I'm a history guy. I like to look back, okay, what happened? Why would you believe this? there's a precedent because it's been done before? Sure, everything can be done for a first time. And Painter might wait till uh, year 25 in his time at Purdue. He's going to be here a long time, thank God, because I love these Purdue teams. Um, but is he going to wait a long time to get to the Final Four? Who knows? Um, does it look like this team could make a run at the Final Four? Who knows? Again, let me, let me dig a little deeper into that point, okay? A lot of things, a lot of people have been skeptical of this Purdue team because of uh, a freshman point guard specifically, but then the other one is the the dynamic score, the second guy. That's the one that I thought would propel Purdue into the Final Four, specifically um, uh, Boogie. I really thought, I thought Carson Edwards is going to get Purdue to the Final Four even before I fall, saw that season. And then as that season unfolded, you're like, okay, this team isn't as good as I thought they'd be. But then guess what? He, the, big, the bright lights came on and Carson Edwards got angry and did amazing things in the tournament. Set, set incredible numbers and yet Purdue still couldn't get over the hump, get to that Final Four. And then, of course, and then of course, Jaden Ivey. You've got a dynamic scorer again. You've got a number one team at one point in one point in the in, during the regular season, and Purdue fizzled out. Um, so, round of sixteen. Let me just say this again. I've said this before to you guys. If you're listening and watching, the round of sixteen is a pretty good place to be. A lot of teams in America wish they could have consistent Sweet Sixteen teams. I'm not going to say it's anything to to say. Okay, wow, this is incredible but it's pretty solid program. That's a pretty solid program that continues to go to the round of 16. Um, but can Purdue get over the hump this year? Well, one thing I want you to think about, another parallel with these guys I thought about earlier, in Jay Wright's first national championship, he had a guy named Jalen Brunson as, as point guard. He was a freshman. He averaged 9.6 points, 2.5 assists. This year, Purdue has a freshman point guard named Braden Smith, averaging 9.3 points. 4.4 assists. Granted, Hart was on the wing for Villanova. It's going to take, if Purdue is going to catch fire and get big in the, in the NCAA tournament, number one, um, can you get on the back of, a, of a, a big man and ride him all the way to the Final Four? The, the guy I think of right away is uh, Hashim the Beat from UConn. Uh, different type of big man than than Edie. Number one, he was not the scorer, but I think he was player of the year that year. At least one of the player of the year awards went to the beat. Um, so big men can propel you into the final four. And UConn won the national championship, I think, with the beat as, as their, their middle point. But once again, they had a great point guard that year. And I can't remember. I don't think, I think that's too recent to be Kimball Walker. In fact, I'm almost positive it's too recent to Kimber Walker, but I know UConn had a good point guard. You need good point guard play. Braden Smith, again, to just to throw another one of attaboys to to, Braid, uh, to Braden, is he has not played two bad games in a row. He doesn't stay down long. This team is a team, and that's what I really love about them. They, they don't seem to stay down. They lift each other up. We saw it in that presser that that Zach Eady, uh, that was awesome when he just stepped in the way and said, hey, I got you. You know, like that type of stuff matters to me. So, um, but those are my thoughts. I, I just wanted to put them out there. Let you give you something to chew on, think about. I haven't done just a quick cast for no good reason in a while because the games have been um, pretty regular. So there hadn't been much of a reason, but I thought you guys might like that. And again, I took a lot of time. 
doing it. Thanks to everybody who's uh, who's here. Uh, let me see. Let me... Ted Berkey says, boiler up. Feel a little better about the team after sleeping on the win. I really think the team was tired uh, in the second quarter. Yeah, that, that fatigue part. So one thing, I went back and I, I like to watch – other people who talk about Purdue afterwards, specifically Brian Newbert, I love the fact that he's healthy enough to to give his post game raps right now. That's awesome. Uh, thank God, uh, it's awesome. Uh, answer to prayer. But he said some similar things that I said in that you shouldn't be too worried about how Purdue handled that press last night. One thing his big point was there just weren't enough fouls. And Brian Newbert, you can say that I complain about officials a lot. Newbert doesn't, but he was shocked that Purdue did not get to the bonus um, with the nature of that game. So that's uh, take it for what it's worth. But Newbert said that, and then um, if you watch the post game, it, it didn't sound like Painter was overly worried. He'll tell you if he's worried, and he didn't sound like that. Um, yeah, Chad Austin says press press them lose by fifteen. Yeah, exactly. What a, what a blueprint. What a deal. What a sure. Follow it. Good luck with that. Um, and you're, you're going to wear out your offense. You just are. They got in an arms race with Purdue. This, let's compare it to something that's not exactly the same. But back when Purdue used to score a ton of points, and Joe Tiller was, a, was the football coach, you almost dared teams to say, okay, you want to play with this pace? Fine. We're just going to we're gonna go. We're going to go. And our defense is going to do a decent job slowing you down. But if you want to get into a horse race, we'll take that. We'll take it all day long. And Purdue showed they can play with another pace, play with, play with just putting points on the board. Uh, getting up near 90 points is a big deal. Sure, Purdue allowed 70 points for the second straight game. They lost IU. They beat Iowa. They hadn't allowed 70 points all season. Again, I'm not too bothered or worried about this. We'll see what happens here, though. We'll see what happens as the, as the season goes on. I always, I, I've said it before. These losses don't have, happen in a vacuum. Let's see what else happens. Let's see how it affects the team. Um, yeah, Patrick Pence says, Purdue has been pressed many times this year. Nothing new. They were pressed quite a few times this year. I think West Virginia pressed them. I want to say Marquette pressed them a bit, and I know Gonzaga and Duke both tried to throw presses at them at different times, and they've been pressed by other teams, and uh, it doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Michael said, I've seen us get killed by the press before, and this wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't, and it's not something that um, – yeah. <laughs> Randall K uh, Kendig says they're youngsters. They don't get tired. They do, though. They do, though. And if you heard Braden Smith's comments, he was tired at the end. A lot of people were upset that he wasn't in the attack mode on Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, young guys do get tired. I think that's on Painter right there. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, if I'm going to give praise, I'll also give criticism. He's got to manage those guys a little bit better. Um, and then David Jenkins got to just come in and step up and do his job. That's it. It's that simple. Got to manage those guys. So um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Got that's about it. I, I appreciate. Um, yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. The middle of the day, you get back to work. Still got time. You got a half hour. Get that. Get that TPS report in. Um, do appreciate you. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll, we'll see you on Sunday evening. Purdue will play at two o'clock in Evanston versus Northwestern. And um, like I said, I think that's an important one. Uh, Northwestern's had a pretty good season. Purdue needs to secure this thing, keep rolling. I think that Maryland game is terrifying, actually. if you, Like I said, if you want to be use terms like scared or worried, Maryland is one that gets me more because I think they have a very, very brutal um, 
student section. They've, they've got a precedent for it. But let's be honest, this Purdue team kind of eats that stuff up. Uh, IU is a little different, but these, these guys tend to play pretty darn well on the road. So what are they, 6-1 six and, six and one on the road in the Big Ten this year? That's pretty hardy. So I have a lot of faith in these guys. So that's about it. Hammer down. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Have a good weekend until Sunday. I'll probably see you Sunday evening in a post-game wrap. We'll see you. Thanks.